Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello and welcome to the Beast Tactical Podcast, where we try to get under the bonnet of all things tactical and statistical at Brentford. I'm David Anderson, your host of today, and I'm delighted to say I'm again joined by my good friend, analyst and Beast fan, Jonathan Hope. Jonathan, how are we? And thank you for joining us. Yeah, I'm really good, Dave. Thanks for having me back on. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Good, mate. Not as good as you. Um, there's a wild rumour going around that you're on standby for the Love Island Villa and you just got pipped right in the last minute, mate. Is that confirmed or are you going to deny it oh mate I'm, I'm not allowed to say anything but they didn't deserve <laughs> me anyway <laughs> you nah, keeping nah, your nda so, yeah no yeah it was a uh, yeah nice to get get away for a few days and just uh sit in the sun thankfully and uh no yeah it was really lovely yeah good stuff mallorca is uh underrated so yeah glad you had a nice time mate um but yeah you come back to glorious sunshine in the uk um it's absolutely roasting here, trying to keep cool. Hopefully, um, yeah, wherever you're listening to this, uh, you're actually hot as well, and it's not just weird, but yeah, absolutely roasting. So Jonathan's definitely brought the weather back. Um, and yeah, we're back um, to chat bees. Uh, without time stamping this too much, it's been, it feels like it's been a busy week. Um, just rounding up a couple of news stories. It sounds like Ericsson's been offered um, a role uh, or a place at Man United. Whether he takes it or not, we're all unknown. He's still got a few options up in the air. Um, but it looks like they are actually interested and Ten Hag would like him to come and work with them. Um, Newcastle are also interested. Brentford are also very interested. So he, he's got his choices of, um, yeah, a good percentage of Premier League teams and pretty much can take his pick, which is which is interesting. Um, nothing really new on that front but it feels like it's building up and there's going to be a decision fairly soon and we might know um something else that's quite interesting as well justin cochrane's um head of development at uh man united's um uh, one of man united's youth sides he's actually been appointed a first team coach at brentford um which is which is a big step up for him it's um it looks like his first foray into first team coaching um jonathan do you know much about justin um, with your man united ties um, I know more about Justin Cochran from when he was actually with the England under-17s. Um, so he, he was at Spurs previously before that and then he went to the 17s with England. Um, I, you know, I personally never met him or, uh, but I've seen just, you know, again, I can imagine he fits into our philosophy, just 
of attacking, flowing football, um, wants to bring the youngsters through, uh, look to the Villa plans. Um, yeah, and going to Manchester United, it's, it's, it's obviously a huge step from there. And yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a brilliant um, achievement for him to come and work in a first-team setting, which obviously I think for him will be just a, that one more stepping stone to then taking on that first team role uh, down the line. Yeah, it does feel like that, doesn't it? Like the, the sort of grooming for uh, uh, or providing a channel to be um, to be a head coach one day. Um, I, I was just thinking about what gaps he feels currently because he's coming to the first team. It's clear that he's a first team coach um, with Rima around, um, with Kevin O'Connor around, um, Bernardo Quaver as well, tactical statistician. There's a few of them there now. Um, and there's others, um, sorry, forgive me for forgetting them at the moment, but it's interesting to see what gap he feels and whether it is they, they thought something was missing last season on the development side and that, that one-to-one um, bringing players through. And yeah, it'd be really interesting to see what he does and um, where, where he's positioned, whether he does talk to Frank during the match day, whether he's a little bit more stand-back-ish or whether he's just providing a bit more analysis or, he, or he's like a right-hand man. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have to watch this space. But um looks like we've poached another good coach from United. Um yeah, let's hope Ericsson doesn't go the other way in in some kind of deal. Um, but other other interesting bits in news. Um, yeah, Jay Harris did a quite an interesting piece in the Athletic on um, the status and like the position of players in the squad and and uh, how much they have left on their contracts, whether they're looking to move on. It's almost a written piece of what we did a few weeks ago, looking at some of the positions of some of these players and whether we think there's a future there or whether it's time to to cut our losses and it's a really interesting piece actually so it's well worth a read um yeah it's a good stuff jay there um but yeah back to us and back to this episode so yeah for this episode we are doing the beast tactical summer scouting specials and um we're going to be talking defenders um defenders yeah probably caveat that with modern day defenders as well like when you think about defenders um it's that idea that first comes into your head it's, it's changed so much over the years now it's um it's a versatile position and there's a lot to it. Um, but yeah, you ready to get into it, Jonathan? Yeah, good to go, mate. Good stuff. Let's do it. Okay, so defenders. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see where this goes. I think um, a lot of the things we'll talk about are probably filling a, a problem position for us. But um, we might move into centre-backs, but it's that right-back position. And uh, starting off, Ben Rich on Twitter we came in with this question. When will we sign a right-back? Um We've also got James on Twitter. He'd be interested to know our thoughts on those the media have picked up on for right back. Um, we've got Jed Spence, um, Aaron Hickey, Max Ahrens, uh, Mailer at Atalanta, all coming back to that right back position. Um, I think that's a good place to start, Jonathan, isn't it? Let's let's just run through a couple of these names that are talked about in the media and have been associated with Brentford. And some of them have moved on from that. It looks like they're out of our reach, but... Um, yeah, let me ask you first of all about Jed Spence. Is that pretty much like dead in the water? There's no point in looking at him and then some of his qualities. Yeah, I mean, with Jed Spence, it's uh, that is pretty much dead in the water. I think the only chance you probably had with that would have been if Nottingham Forest didn't get promoted. Um, even with that, you're looking um, that with Tottenham pretty much... Um, at the forefront of getting him, you know, you pretty much wouldn't have a chance anyway. Um, and whether that was first team role, but I think when you look at Nottingham Forest and Brentford, um, with Forest getting promoted and that relationship, it, 
if he was to choose between the two, he would probably choose Forrest. So, uh, yeah, from our point of view, it's probably very, very, very unlikely. But Jed Spence is someone that um, watched quite a fair bit last season. I've just um, recently watched him in the the under-21 for England. And he is someone that, when you you have a certain profile that would fit into our style of play and um, our system, he pretty much is that perfect player, just in the sense that he's, He's, he's very forward-thinking. He's so comfortable high up on the pitch. But his recovery runs are excellent. Um, his, I think there was obviously this um, this falling out with Neil Warnock. I don't know. I don't really know the ins and, out, ins and outs. With it. it was quite funny on you know Twitter. I, I know it was a bit of a back and forth. But um, there, there's obviously been that sort of maturity, especially with um, Steve Cooper. Um, going in at Forest, And yeah, he's just a player that I think with, he, he looks like he's just getting better and better. Um, so comfortable on the ball. His end product is is really, really good as well. Um, looks a goal threat. And yeah, I think that's probably why Spurs are probably making him number one target as well, because we've contained that style with playing a, a back three with wing backs doing that, that, doing that joining in job with the front three. Um, you can see Spence would really fit into that as would he fit into us if we played a back three so yeah he's got a lot of qualities and um, it sadly just looks like we won't be um, getting there with that one yeah it's a shame because he does he, he ticks a lot of boxes doesn't he I, I think he'd he'd certainly be an upgrade on anything we currently have which is which is probably the main thing you're looking for with doing this stuff um, and why we're so reluctant to bring players in like how it's very easy to just look around and think how much how much better are these players than the ones we currently have? And I think that stops us making um, rash decisions on some players. But from that fullback position, um, I guess it's good to just actually talk about some of their like some of the some of the attributes and some of the questions you're asking when you're scouting these players, and maybe in some of your own work as well. But from a fullback, um, I guess you can split it into two different parts, can't you? Like on the ball and off the ball, um, defending and attacking, I suppose as well. Like um, like what. What uh, so on the ball? Some of those traits, like what what are they like in retaining possession, like in safe possession? How comfortable are they? Can they progress forward? Can they create? Are they a progressive sort of player? Or do they like to just hold their position and be more cautious? Um, like sort of engine athleticism. Can they get up and down? Like how quickly? How often do they get up and down the pitch? Um, what are they like with dribbling with the ball? Um, can they carry the ball forward? Can they beat players? Are they are they just a bit static, or do they just do that square ball inside every time someone confronts them? Um, what they got like long passing can they switch to play um, there's, there's so many different assets like on the ball and I think Jed's one of these players that does tick a lot of those and then that's before you even get off the ball like you're looking at defensive stuff like do they hold their shape well or do they do they tuck in do they always get caught out of position are they always like two head of the play um, can they move in centrally can they run in good diagonals are they a bit straight line there's so many different things you're watching out for these and that's before you're actually even looking at like defending and um, stopping crosses and their, their pressing ability, recovery, um, how they work 1v1, awareness. It, there's just so much that goes into this. Um, but a lot of those, you look at Jed and you're thinking, wow, someone's going to get a player here. Um, he looks ready-made for Premier League football too and really good work under Cooper, that, that discipline, tactical structure, just sitting on their shape and then good effective counter-attack. And I think he's benefited from that. But yeah, really good player. And um 
Yeah, I, I think the I think the ship sailed with that one on us. I think you're right. He's well eclipsed. Um, probably somewhere we could get. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll probably have to move on with that one. The next one that um, James mentioned though is a bit more interesting, and I think we this is the type of player that probably is within our reach, and you can see why we've looked at him. It's Aaron Hickey from Bologna. Um, I think he's had a couple of seasons there now. It's, this is his second season, isn't it? I think. I think he's played two. Um, Scottish lad. He's nineteen. I think still has he, has he had his twentieth birthday. I just got to check that. Sorry, he has. He's twenty now. He is twenty. Apologies. Um, yeah, Aaron Hickey. What What are your thoughts of him? Have you Have you seen much of him? And, and what do you like about him? And if you'd like anything about him at all, what do you think to that move? So again, I would probably say he's the compl- not the complete opposite, but that because that'd be completely um, the wrong word. He's he's a bit he's very different uh, player to say Jed Spence. So when I look at Spence, you know he's very he's tall, quite physical, and he's direct. Hickey is someone with his um, he's probably a little bit more technical. Someone that um, if I could probably compare him to similar fullbacks that we probably know he's more of a, an Andy Robertson and perhaps a Kieran Tierney sort of player. So someone that would perhaps um, wouldn't be getting up to the byline, probably be sitting a little bit deeper just to receive that ball um, and um, try and play that simple pass as to oppose beating a player. Um, what I find really, really interesting with Hickey is because um, a lot of his career has actually been played at left-back. But mm. as we've all kind of done our knowledge, he's he's incredibly two-fitted. Um, which which has uh, entailed him to play most of his uh, football, his club football, at left back um, with um, was it Hearts I believe he was with, and Bologna, um, which I find really really interesting. And obviously they feel um, because of that two fitted um, attribute, he can easily be transitioned into that perhaps that right back that we need. Um, I find it. Um, I find it very, very interesting. I think he comes with uh, pros and cons if he was to sign. Um, I think he would fit in incredibly well. My only personal um, uh, worry is that has he got that physical attribute that perhaps if I was to have, if we would perhaps look at the previous right backs that um, the club has perhaps looked at, they like these uh, slender, very tall full backs that are fairly direct. So I would say on that uh, with Dalsgaard, um, they were looking at Vanderson and obviously Jed Spence, whereas Hickey's perhaps very, very uh, contrasting fullback to them three players um, that I've just mentioned. Um, obviously, Vanderson never played for us, but I'm just giving you a similar profile as to what they were looking at. Um, so that's what I find very, very interesting. And with when we have Rico Henry on the other side, is perhaps not the tallest as well, which... And that's why I quite liked with Dallas God is that we had someone, it was that contrasting sort of heights as well. Um, there are a lot of back uh, back um, back stick balls that that are really potent in the Premier League nowadays, you know, certainly with set pieces, we've done them ourselves. So that is just something that um, we've got a clock on. He got caught out for one in one of the, uh, in the games, the Ukraine game um, in the uh, World Cup playoff. But, Apart from that, you could see the technical ability on the ball. He's really, really good going forward. I like the fact that he can shift the ball onto the left-hand side. So it's not one-dimensional. He can go inside a little bit. Um, and yeah, he, um, for the money and where we're at, he would probably he would be a very, very good signing. Um, and, and an exciting one because, you know, when a player's getting linked with Bayern Munich and Arsenal, you know, you're not a bad player. So 
yeah, a really exciting one, and hopefully it comes comes good. Yeah, good stuff, mate. Yeah, I I, I really like him. The more I watch of him, and you you think that he's another player that's ready to and and could do well in the Premier League. Yeah, you picked up on a couple of really good things there, like uh, quite technical and wide and tight wide spaces. I've got in mind like two footedness is really high. I think um, FB Ref have got him like sixty percent right foot, so sixty forty. He uses his, his right and left. That's crazy. Um, uh, yeah, it's almost like part, um, son at uh, Tottenham territory, like this the ability to play off both feet. Um, and yeah, he, he has played a lot at left back, um, but. Don't see why he can't play right back, um, continue at left back, left wing back, um, right wing back as well. Very versatile player, and you could also, you also think he might be able to fit into that right centre back of a free position too. Um, mm. Not you look at him, you don't immediately you don't think he's as powerful as someone like a Jed Spence or or a player like that. But I think his his engine allows him to be so. Just watching him, I watched a couple of games. I watched him against Juventus, and then I watched him against, um, I think it was Udinese as well. And um, he's a he's a brave player. I mean, you wouldn't think he's nineteen twenty. Um, second, he passes that ball forward. He's good at sort of finding that right wing back, sorry, that right winger ahead of him. And then as soon as that ball's played forward, um, running around the outside trying to receive it earlier beyond the right winger, um, cutting inside as well. Left foot shots, right foot shots. Got five goals last season. Um, he's not, he's not shy to shoot from any position. Uh, yeah, he looks a talented boy, and I think if um, if we do if we do pick that up, you can see he just ticks those boxes. That versatility as well as we we don't seem to go for those specialist positions. We look for players that can play maybe three three positions. So you're just always you're always backed up in the squad, and he definitely ticks those boxes. So. Um, where the Jed Spence ship looks like it's sailed, I think there'll be a few more. Um, I think there'll be a few more pennies in the pocket, just picked out, just to try and actually make sure we capture Hickey. But in the end, it's going to be down to the player and whether the deal's right for him, and he might have bigger and better offers. But yeah, I, I think just talking, we can tell it's one, and from watching him, that we both really like and would be very happy to to sign. Um, Let's move on to the next one who's um, picked up a little bit of media interest. It's um, Bright Say Samuel. Um, we know him well from his QPR days. Um, he was a brave boy and took a big decision and went out to play for Fenerbahce. Um, not a tough place to go and play, especially like of his ethnicity and his colour. and like his. It's, it's a brave move from the boy and he hasn't really looked back at all. Um, converted himself and the reason why he's come into this actually is because he has been converted into a right back. Um, something we might see more and more now in the in the modern game as well, just with how much um, attacking these fullbacks are doing. But we know him as a as a wide forward, a really quick and skillful um, attacking wide forward. But what um, what I found watching him is that I, I think he could be turning into a player similar in in that Carl Walker mold, that sort of insurance policy at the back of like sort of back three or back four, where you think you're past him but there's a there's an acceleration that is just out of this world and it, it sort of gives you a bit of an insurance policy and he can he can recover and make challenges and blocks when you think he's out of the game so a high number of interceptions he's putting up in um, Fenerbahce in the Turkish league um, lots of blocks good 1v1 and good recovery pace and um, it's a good age now and he looks like he's got some really good experience played in Europa League as well um, what do you think about this um this rumour and is that a bit of a snip there someone um 
someone of his quality. Well, I can honestly say I, um, I haven't seen Bright Sayers Samuel play since he moved out to Turkey, but he was always a player that I really, really liked when he was at QPR. Um, there are not many wingers that give Rico Henry a torrid time, and yeah. he's one that really, really um, gave Henry nightmares on quite a few occasions, actually. It wasn't just, I think it was both home and away um, on quite a few occasions. But um, yeah, it would be so interesting to go back to see his recent performances at right wing back, just to see his defensive ability, because I think we know how good he is going forward. He was certainly someone that when it came, I thought would have been a brilliant signing if, um, as his contract was running down at QPR, I was thinking, even though it's a bit, you know, Eight them lot, but and you don't really want any of their their uh, their players. But he was certainly someone you go well if he came available. He he would he would be a brilliant signing, and I, I like the fact that from a right wing back position as well. It the first person that comes to mind is that um, from past from Brentford years is Moses Odebajo when we convert yeah. him from a right winger to a right back, and why that works so well with Moses is that. He was receiving the ball from deep, i.e. from the goalkeeper or centre half also, and the, the pitch would just end open up. And he's got that pace to go and go forward, as opposed to being that winger that receives it on the half turn and mm. have that limited options. And I think Isaiah Samuel is probably a little bit similar, where he prefers to have that ball a little bit deeper and then not the ball and just run. Um, certainly in a in a, in a wing back position, that I think it would be an excellent signing, an excellent signing. It'd be so interesting to see what he is like defensively now. I, I, I can't remember him defending too much um, when he was at QPR just because I think when he was in that system with Eze, you know, they they were pretty much told, I think, just to stay high and we'll give you the ball and you go do your stuff. So it'd be interesting to see what he's like. I can, I can certainly imagine his defensive recovery runs being, you know, really, really, really good just because of his pace and power. Um, and yeah, whether he can then transition from that right wing back position to them playing a right back? Or would we just be like, well, you come in as a right wing back and then when we do go forward back, we've obviously got then Mads Rosleff and Aya. So I, I, I thought if the, I, I actually was really like, oh, this could be a goer if, um, if it was to kind of uh, prosper into a potential signing. Um, but yeah, I really like Bright Sam as I think he's a really, really good player, and I think hopefully uh, he can make that step up into the Premier League. Yeah, just running through some of his numbers, um, and yeah, I watched him first before I uh, before I checked this. But um, just looking at uh, right backs, sorry, fullbacks in top five leagues, he's um, he's in the ninety ninth percentile for interceptions for one playing at Fenerbahce. So. That is what I was talking about. That um, that cutting out the ball like a pass has been played and just intercepting the ball. Um, top one percent of players making those with three point two six per ninety. This is looking at stats bond numbers. Um, what you probably wouldn't associate with him as well is just high possession, um, completing eighty four point six percent of his passes. Um, I've not gone into detail on those, like with, like with the, with the difficulty of those. But again, like Hickey, you see playing out from that right back position, he's he's comfortably finding either his um, centre back to the left, or looking advanced to his right winger or playing in field. Um, good at retaining the ball, and um, that's that's kind of what we look look for. One of our qualities now, we're, we're not so much. Um, looking for just like mad dribbles from the deep areas, but retaining possession is quite important too. Um, 
not so good on the attacking side of things, which is what you'd expect more. But he, that doesn't mean he doesn't get into the box and good good touch in the box numbers, gets shots away, but just not a huge um, making a huge impact against other fullbacks. But yeah, interceptions and pass completion and and touches in the attacking penalty area, yeah, really really high. And um, I, I think there's um, someone's looked at him and thought, hang on, you'd make a quite a good right back here, and you'd be able to get forward as well. And he he seems to be doing a good job. Um, if we don't pick him up, I think someone else will because it looks like he he might be ready to come back to England and uh, and um, yeah take some of his European experience and bring it back into the Premier League and and see what he can do. The few we've talked about so far have all been a certain size. Hickey's probably the smallest of them. The one we're going to talk about next is minuscule, um, even shorter than me, and I'm quite short. It's Max Ahrens, um, relegated with Newcastle. Uh, sorry, relegated with Norwich. Um, he is a he's a right back only like that's that's the only real position he's played. He played a little bit of right wing back, but he, you look at him, he is probably could play further forward, but he is like a bit of your specialist right back. Um, for me, before we go too deep into his game and looking at him, because we know a bit about him, I think his size is a bit of a deal breaker. Because if you think about Rico Henry, I'm not sure if on the other side you can have Aaron's at the same time. I think that just reduces your height too much. Not that he's awful in the air, but you got to think from defensive set pieces. How many opportunities in the game that you'd be defending aerial balls or switches? And would it be a weak point to target? I don't think he's a goer. And I think um, that's just probably the media just putting something for two and two together and looking at who's been relegated and is it an easy pickup? But convince me I'm wrong on Aaron's. Um, Jonathan, what do you think? No, I, I mean, I can't argue with the height situation. Um, again, Aaron's is a, he's an interesting one. Um, if you almost go back twelve months ago, he was getting linked with, oh, you know, Barcelona, the, wasn't it? You know, yeah, I mean Barcelona. I mean, he was getting linked with Manchester United, I believe. Um, you know, these really, really big clubs, and and almost kind of insulting ourselves here. But now he's gone from that sort, those sort of uh, names to being linked with Brentford. So you kind of question where it's is wrong. The wrong word. It probably I don't. There must be almost like a stagnation, perhaps, in his career at the moment, and that's um, and he's he seems to flourish um, in the championship. I think he's obviously far too good for that league, especially when Norwich won the league. You could see that he was, uh, you know, he dominated absolutely, but he fails to have that sort of same impact. I feel in the Premier League um, again, watching him in the under twenty ones for England the other night, it was almost like um, you, someone just needed to put a bit of a, a rocket. Um, he wasn't taking that many risks. It's kind of playing the safe pass, as to oppose Jed Spence, who was uh, who started the game, who um, was taking the ball. He's you know taking on players. He's winning the ball high. Um, yeah, um, the only thing with I think with Max Aaron's, I think he's a he's a very good presser. Um, I, I do think he's getting better defensively, where I'd perhaps renowned him more as good going forward. Um, but I think what we need is perhaps what the other three that we've just discussed. We need that sort of little bit more of a, uh, an attacking outlet where we're joining. Um, we are joining in with you know your our Wisses and Waymos and Tonys, which need that little bit more of an outlet. But with that, and we need a bit of a more of a stance. Um, so and perhaps Aaron just doesn't give that. And I, I couldn't imagine Norwich selling him on the cheap as well, because I would say he's probably definitely one of their highest assets. Um, 
so yeah, no, I don't, I can't see that one going. I'd be surprised. Um, but I think what we've proved is that why would we write it off? Because, um, you know, you look at Pontus Janssen at Leeds, you know, you go, well, you'd never join us. But If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. We all know that, you know, things happen in football so uh yeah uh and we can turn players into very very good players um and that's what we do uh, really well so he Aaron's might look at that and go uh if we do decide to pursue him go well it's, it's, it's a year in the premier league and if i go and play 38 games plus cups then i've got a chance again to go and perhaps go and uh play even higher so yeah potentially mm-hmm. Yeah, you've done a good job of uh, trying to swing me round, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I'm convinced. I, I think when I look at the others and um, you look at what we've got now and what we've had in this sort of direction we're moving with defenders, I, I think I think Spence, Hickey, and even watching Brighton Samuel, I think they're all better at just nipping in the ball. I think they're all better with their timing defensively, um, defensive awareness, and maybe like Max Aaron's has also just been relegated by Norwich, by like one of the, well, with Norwich, sorry, that they've been really one of the worst Premier League teams we've seen. Um, really poor. Uh, don't know what that does to his confidence as well. But at the same time, with everything we've said, how would he be in a much better team than Norwich? And he isn't like one of their, one of their better players or relied on too heavily as a defender. Like he's doing a lot of defending for Norwich. Um, 
how would he be taking some of that responsibility away from him in a in a team that's probably going to be better than their opposition in maybe more games. So, yeah, uh, ruled out for me. But um, you just you just never know. You never know, do you? <laughs> Um, but this takes us nicely onto a question from Dapper Rapper on Twitter, and uh, I thought this was quite interesting. When operating as a team with a tighter budget, how valuable is flexibility, etc.? So at right back, right wing back, uh, Hickey can play both, and uh, both like on the right and left side. Um, if Rico Henry gets hurt, he can slip in there. Um, I can go to right back. How much more valuable does that make him than a comparable right back? And I think when you look at Aaron's, uh, Aaron's is really just down that right side. I'm not sure he's got his left, for instance, his weaker foot use is is low. Like there's not much left foot use with Aaron's. Whereas Max Roslev, um, Sergi Kados, uh, even Roslev as well, a little bit more going on on that weaker side. Um, but yeah, just an interesting question. But what, what do you think about that? So when operating as a team with a tighter budget, how valuable is flexibility? I, I don't think that's exclusive to tighter budgets. I think that's just a that's just a positive, isn't it? The, the more positions your player can play, uh, the better. What do you reckon, Jonathan? Yeah, I think it's it's obviously really really helpful. But I think it's also the systems in which they can play. I think what we're looking for is a player that can play in the back four as a right back, but then also have that capability of being that turning into that right wing back that is essentially going to be a right winger um, so that is the most important thing is that it's, it's I, I guess and within that our, uh, tight budget that's a really difficult thing to look for um, uh, all these sort of um, yeah yeah it's just really really difficult and it obviously is really really valuable um, and it's the fact that with Hickey especially, you know, he's two-footed, so he can then go and replicate that on the left-hand side. Uh, but I think it's just more a player that we need that is going to have that 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 comfortability and having that ownership of being a right-back and a right-wing-back. Um, and what you're essentially describing there, you're describing the complete full-back. Um, and that's a really difficult thing to look for, um, which basically everyone is looking for. You know whether that's a centre forward, a centre midfield, or centre half. You know it's a really, really difficult, and there is no surprise why it's taken us well, well, it's taken us so long to find that player because they've just simply seen that we can't find that player that is better than what we have, or mm. obviously we've been turned down and or been pipped. So uh, it's it's uh yeah it's it's a difficult one, and uh, I I like to think Hickey could be that that player that obviously gives us that versatility because. Um, yeah, it'd be a good signing. That's kind of the media ones that have been spoken about. Um, Wacky Mailer is, um, he hasn't really had much media interest, but the reason why there's going to be some weight probably gaining behind this is because he's Danish and he's from Denmark. Um, Thomas Frank obviously knows him like a brother because he knows every Dane, apparently, but um, he's, a, he's a really interesting player. Not played as much at Atalanta this last season as he has done in previous years. Um, Again, really tactically flexible player. Plays on the wrong side, so he's a he's a right footer that plays on the left um, quite comfortably. Really smart going forward. I, I've always thought of this guy as um, Norgard two point Like he he looks like Christian Norgard, but physically he's just bigger, faster, um, stronger, more athletic, and not kind of such a like Norgard's a very Norgard's what I call a bit more of a sitter. Like he, he can move forward and progress with the ball, but he holds his position a little bit more. Mailer's um, 
uh, a bit more of a rocket like up and down and really good engine on him and and that good recovery pace that probably Christian lacks a little bit um he's he's like a Swiss army knife player and can play lots and lots of different positions um 25 so he's a good age um entering his peak years that danish pull as well i I think he's someone that would be a real, real coup. Have you, have you seen much of him? What, what's your thoughts on um, on um, Wacky Mailer? Yeah, so I think the last time I watched Mailer play would would have been in the Euros, um, and he on that left hand side he was. Do you know what he was? He was class. He was so so good. Um, and at that time of watching him, I just remember thinking as he was probably a, a thirty to forty million pound player, mm. and that. Um, he was he was that good, you know. He was his delivery was excellent, up and down. He was a goal threat defensively. I thought he was so strong. Um, his tactical, his technical, um, his positioning was was really really good, and he just offered that really lovely um, balance to that Danish squad throughout the Euros. I find it, I found it really really interesting that um, he hasn't really kicked on this season with Atalanta. Um, and I certainly don't know where he they stand in regards to where he goes forward. But um, saying something, just putting out there, if if I was to give me all them names that we've talked about, he would be my number one because I think on his day, I think he just fits into that into our squad and would offer that perfect perfect balance to what we already have. Um, I think defensively, he's very very astute. But he, as you just mentioned, Dave, he can get up and down that pitch. I think he's got a brilliant end product. Um, but again, you're, I, I, I couldn't imagine he would be cheap. So it's like almost us talking, you know, we're talk, we've, we've almost kind of talked sensibly as we're not trying to get carried away with talking about big names. But he, all, I, when I'm talking about him, I'm almost saying, I'm always thinking, is would he be just a far too out of our reach um, and that's how I get the feeling with him even though perhaps he hasn't had the graces of seasons I, um, I look at someone like uh, you know even a Tottenham for example I think he would fit into a Tottenham squad so so well um, yeah he, he's a really really smart fullback and again he's very similar to Hickey not so much two-footed uh, with his left foot but um yeah, he, he's a he's a really really good player, uh, mm. and he would if, if if perhaps we were talking oh, a Brentford team three or four years perhaps down the line, i.e. a Brighton, would we be looking at and go yeah the perfect signing? But have we got that capability of bringing of attracting that sort of player? Whereas with Hickey, we we'd be looking to develop and using him as a stepping stone for him and for us. So yeah, it's it's a difficult one to say, but he's a brilliant brilliant fullback. Yeah, it's interesting you're talking about like the years down the cycle and how far ahead Brighton are and, and signings like Adam Lallana and then Daddy Welbeck and what that does to to entice other players and, and move you down that road. And it's you just never know how how far and how quickly that Christian Eriksen signing has moved us down that road um, in attracting other players and making Brentford look a desirable place and a, and a serious place for the top players to play. Um, I, I do still think we are behind, but... You just never know that a player that was out of reach maybe twelve months ago, what um, what Ericsson's short stint has done for us, and yeah, we we watch this space. I mean, it, stranger things have happened, and and he he might be looking for his next move. He he might hate the thought of coming to London and England, so that could be a complete deal breaker. But um, 
yeah, he'd be a hell of a signing, and I, I think that's the sort of that's the sort of statement move and and tactical and a move for a player tactically that could push you up three or four positions up the table as long as he stays fit. But yeah, awesome player, and um, we'll have to watch that one. Yeah, so th- those have been the the kind of media ones that we've picked up on, and um, we're hearing a lot about and. You, you can see why of them. There's a bit. There is clearly interest in some of them, and some of them might just be putting two and two together and getting five. But there's a couple here that we've picked out as well, and um, we're going to chat a little bit about. Uh, it's always good to look at the the championship players that have gone really, really close to getting promoted, but that just haven't made it and have been pipped at the last bit. And one of them who's interesting has had a really quick, steep rise in his football career to get into like the top of the game is um, Sorba Thomas. Plays for Huddersfield, um, played under Corboran, uh, a really, well, one of uh, Bielsa's disciples at Leeds and um, who moved to Huddersfield and in year two at Huddersfield has really taken them by storm. Um, got them right up the table, got them to the playoffs and and they were unlucky in the end, but yeah, very quickly got his ideas across and um, part of those was having Sorba Thomas out wide, receiving the ball and getting them upfield and just putting really good delivery into the box and doing it early and and testing fullbacks. Um, he's twenty three. He's, he's another good age, good athlete. Um, breaking and making a bit of a name for himself on the international stage as well. I think. Um, what, what do you think of Silver Thomas? Is is he one that people will be sleeping on and thinking, mm, yeah, actually, that's quite an interesting signing there. Yeah, potentially. I, I mean, he joined Huddersfield as a, as a winger, pretty much, didn't he? Um, and he's again similar to Asaya Samuel at Fenerbahce. He's been converted into a wing back. Um, yeah. Really, he's technically very, very good with both feet. Uh, gets to the byline, got very, uh, gives you that like extra attacking player going from deep. Uh, he, yeah, he, he, I thought because uh, I think he was missing for a few of the um, Huddersfield playoff games, uh, or perhaps towards the end of the season. And when he when he plays for Huddersfield, I think you can see he offers a bit more of a an attacking threat and a bit more of a, a nicer balance uh, to their squad. Um, a good size as well when when we're talking about um, physique, um, quite tall, slender, um, someone that likes to go and drift inside, receive the ball um, on the half turn, uh, or can go and go on the touchline. Again, it'd be really interesting. Depends on um, Huddersfield's stance on him. Um, is he what? Is he that? Is he better than what we have already? That's probably what I'd be asking a question of. Is he? Um, any better than perhaps a Sergi Canos or mm. Rosleff in that right wing back berth? That's that's the only question I would ask. It's definitely valid questions, isn't it? It's 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 like it, where do you really place him? Is he is he at the same level as Sergi? Is that is the basically an equivalent of Sergi Canos? And you're going to go all out on a player that isn't really going to improve you that much, or or is he is he a leap ahead of Sergi Canos? And has he got more room to grow because? Sergi's kind of stagnated now and you think that's he's hit his level um it's really hard to call isn't it but he's a player that would be watched by a few teams and um he's got he's got the attributes and there's something there isn't there like the desire as well to push on and make a make a name for himself um yeah confident boy and yeah just an interesting player I think just it's just that recovery pace as well and that athleticism getting up and down um, the defensive positioning stuff I think you can coach but he's definitely got those, those early tools to um, to make it at the top and yeah it's, it's just one I think brought brought forward and I think that the, the club will be well aware of Sorba Thomas and whether he is gettable and whether he wants to have another season in the championship or whether he is the one to 
to pluck out and go for and 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 back as that right wing back or that right back position. Um, yeah, that's enough about Silva Thomas. Another one that I think uh, definitely deserves a mention. Someone you're quite keen on and and you're quite impressive. Um, Ethan Laird. He's been about the block a bit. Um, he's only young and he's had a lot of um, he's got a lot of um clubs under his belt already. Yeah, talk to us a little bit about Ethan Laird, Jonathan. Yeah, so when um, I mentioned uh, Ethan Laird to you, Dave, it was um actually watching him previously when he was at Swansea in the first half of the season last last year. Um, he when in that system in that Russell Martin sort of system from what he brought to Milton Keynes and Swansea. I find it. I find them so baffling because they're so fluid. But Ethan Lev was essentially just playing like a right winger, and he looked such a threat. I thought his end product was brilliant. Um, the opposition fullback was just pinned in, and his one v ones. He was just skinning them every time uh, in, in various games. Um, I found it really, really interesting that he um, left Swansea for Bournemouth. Uh, I think we. Bournemouth was a really interesting one in January. They obviously went all out. And when we say all out, they literally just went, um, well, we need to secure promotion. So they went and got, they had the likes of Freddie Woodman sitting on the bench who, you know, we would all know from when he was at Fonzie the previous year. They went out and bought Kiefer Moore and how much, how how many games is Kiefer Moore going to play for Bournemouth this year? I'm not quite sure. But they all basically went all out in um, January and basically tried to buy a best championship eleven. I thought, and Led mm. didn't really—I don't think he really played that much. Which I because um, they in the end they went for the more trusted um, Smith and um, oh, I'm trying to think of the left back now, uh, but I can't remember. But yeah, Led's Led's a really interesting one. Just just in the fact that I think if we were to play a, a five at the back uh, and with wing backs, he would certainly suit that. I think. Uh, going forward, he's essentially another attacking player to go and join in, and that's what we need. Um, we need we need to start giving the, the opposition fullbacks a little bit more of a. Well, I'm not going to go and join in so much because I've got Laird on my side, or vice versa. You know what I mean? So, um, question marks about um, defensively, just as a sole right back, but I just think where Manchester United are again. The reason I brought this. Uh, the likes of you know a few names that I've mentioned is what sort of player, what sort of profile are we going to be looking for this summer? Are we going to be looking again for those who are going to kind of plug gaps here and there, um, like a Zanka, for example, uh, or are we going to perhaps just look a little bit younger uh, player-wise, who we're going to try and develop, who we see as a little bit more profitable as we've done in previous years, um, and we're looking like what we did with Miles Put Harris. Um, uh, from last year, are we going to perhaps look at these big teams in the Premier League, um, like your Chelsea's, United, City, um, and perhaps try and get a few of their under twenty three players who I who are quite a few of them uh, are definitely ready for first team football, and quite a lot of them are could play in the Premier League, um, and are we willing to take that risk of them putting money towards them like? Southampton have done really, really well with Levermento and they've just done that with Gavin Basunu um, and offer these players first in football uh, and develop, and develop them. So, or are we not quite at that stage where mm-hmm. we need a little bit more experience still to kind of get us through a few more seasons where we become a little bit more developed, a bit more established as a Premier League side? Um, so, yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's an interesting one. 
just from, from my point of view. Yeah, fascinating hearing you chat about that. It's right, isn't it? It's like where do you, where do we position ourselves? Um, are, are we ready to take that plunge on uh, on some of these younger players? I, I think um, thinking about this beforehand, and if you're approaching it from a scouting recruitment perspective, like you look at the age profile and. And sometimes age can be deceiving and you look at maybe more how many minutes they've played. But really, you're looking for like players that's all that low to mid 20s. Um, some other notes we've got here, good in the early possession phases. You want them to have a good height because of Rico Henry on the other side. Um, good defensive discipline, good in the tackle, good at blocking. But at the same time, they've got to have good verticality, like driving forward the ball, being good in possession. Want to see good evidence of overlapping, um, evidence of inverting, <laughs> can play with their head up. Like there's just such a huge list of what these lads have to do already, and it's, it's why, um, in a way, you keep coming back to Hickey because I think he's that one that already at such a young age is already performing way above his years. The next, the next thing you think about with some of these players is like that continental experience, like what I call the non-English football tax versus the versus the Championship experience, because. I think playing at I think playing at the top of the championship is a very very good grounding for playing at the Premier League. I mean, there's some obvious players that are playing at the top of the championship and just on their way down through football, as in they've played Premier League and they're playing at the top of the championship, and that's probably their level now. But there's other players that are playing at the top of the championship, and you can tell they're ready to push on. Jed Spence is one of those. Um, a few of our lads as well, like Brian and Bamo, um, Tony. Um, Pinnock that you can see they're just bursting past that championship ceiling and they're probably in that blur between the two leagues um and yeah it's 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 interesting thinking about Hickey and whether he he has cracked that ceiling whether he can just step into to um into Premier League football with his Italian football because Bologna finished um, below mid-table I think I think they finished 12th or 13th um and, and you think about the Italian league strength wise it's a top five league but really you're looking at probably two elite Champions League teams in that table. And then the rest of them, probably the next six or seven are around like mid-table English sides, maybe just mid to lower. And then the rest of them are probably like good championship teams. So what level was he actually playing at in a team that's finished 13th in the, in um, uh, in Italy? So those are the kinds of calculations and those are assessments that people far smarter than me have to decide and try and see if they've got enough evidence to see these players that they can switch leagues and that their performances are worth something in England because, yeah, scoring 30 goals in Italy doesn't translate to scoring 30 goals in um, in England as as someone like Lukaku will tell you. It's not always down to systems and not always on the player, but it is a bit of both. And um, you got to, you got to work these things out. Another one that's really interesting on our list... Um, and yeah, I've watched a little bit of him since you raised him. He's quite a fun player. His name's Dodo from uh, Shakhtar Donetsk. He's 23. Um, Champions League experience. He, he looks tiny. He makes Max Aarons look um, tall at 5'5", five, five, but just electric pace. Um, what do you think of this one, Jonathan? Yeah, I, 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 I thought you summed him up really, really well there. He is just a fun player to watch. He is, he's so quick and just so small. Like You'd feel like you could just touch him and go flying into Rose Z. Um, but he's he's someone that I just I like the look of just in the fact I can imagine him suiting our style and on the, in the transition he's so quick um, and that is what something especially in a five at the back I think with him giving that license down the right hand side his um, end product I think is really 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 good um, 
again, obviously there's that physical element. Um, I think just with when you try and put a piece together on on age, his experience, on his quality, and obviously the situation that was going on in Ukraine, and as as horrible as it sounds, you can we can definitely take in the advantage of that. Um, where I think they they value him at, value him at like twelve mil, twelve twelve million pound. I think they do. I just think he he'd be a, an absolute bargain. Um, and I think if he was say a, a five foot eight, a five foot nine right back, he'd be going for about forty million pounds, something like that. Just and I think that's the size bit is the only thing that kind of goes against him. But yeah, he was just a bit of a, a left field sort of choice. Um, someone that I, I picked out, uh, just a really fun, quick. Um, wing back who is just given the license by Shakhtar just to literally grab the ball and just go down that that side um and yeah just a, just a, a really left field sort of um choice that I thought I'd throw in there yeah watching him in transition is brilliant as well and I, th- I think um there's a couple of attacks they played some big games in Champions League I think last season I want to say they did they play against Real Madrid in their group I, I can't remember a couple of the games I watched them back but He's really good at being engaged on the opposite wing. So tax down the right, I think it's just it's it's a prerequisite now in modern wingers and full backs and right backs. Uh, but when that ball's going down the right hand side, you can't just be sitting and waiting holding your position, especially when teams play with one forward now and maybe not a midfielder that gets into the box. As that on the ball far side, you've got to be that wide player getting on the blind side of another player. And you, there's things to pick up there. Rico Henry's really good at it. We obviously coach it that that late movement on the opposite wing from a fullback. And Dodo's got that. I mean, if he's not picking up the ball on the wing to feet, he's on the other wing on the outside, causing the team problems from that way. So, yeah, I don't know if he's right for us, but it would be a hell of a statement. Um, Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe someone else could bring him into the Premier League and we get to see him week in, week out. But, yeah, quality player and, um, yeah, really good fun. Yeah. yeah, we've got a little bit to go. So I think we focused a bit on fullbacks and right backs um, and that problem area for Brentford, or what seems like a problem area. But we've got a little bit of time left, and I'll let you, uh, I'll let you chat about probably the only centre back that's made it onto our list because of how well stocked we are in the area. Um, his name's Levi. Uh, do you want to have a little chat about him? Yeah. So I think the centre back position is a really interesting one. Um, the only reason that I kind of see it as quite an important area for this summer is that I think it's a perfect opportunity to kind of get a young, younger sort of centre-half in because the likelihood that we're now looking at Ethan Pinter now reaching his really late 20s, uh, almost hitting 30. Pontus Janssen, I think the likelihood is it's probably coming to an end at the end of the season. Again, I don't know. could be... But I just think there is an opportunity there. I think there is a space for a younger centre-half. And I think with our adaptability of going from a four to a three, and with Iron now almost getting to that comfortability of playing a right-back, I think there is I think there is a space there for one more centre-half. Um, and so when I look at that centre-half berth, I'd like, like us to kind of target someone obviously a little bit younger, um, uh, someone that is profitable, someone that we think is going to go go far, um, and uh, the first person obviously comes to mind is Levi Colwell. So a lot of people will probably recognise him from uh, Huddersfield last year. 
a ball playing centre half, um, really really comfortable in a four and a, and a back three uh, on that left side, left hand side. Um, his def- but defensively, I think is something that he is just excellent at. He's excellent in the tackle, reads the game so so well. Um, but with then suit, uh, he's got a fantastic. He's, he's, he's you know real stocked up, um, excellent in the air. Doesn't lose many jewels in the air. Um, but he's so comfortable in travelling from that, uh, from deep into that midfield area. Um, loves a switch of play, uh, and can also play left back and uh, and left wing back. So again, what we've been talking about how's that um, that versatility if that if that's ever needed. Um, I think when we're all looking at how well Mark Huey done for uh, Swansea um, in the previous year, then getting a twenty million pound move to Palace, probably a lot of, at the time people were probably going, oh, is he worth twenty million? Well, now because he's getting regular game time, thirty eight games, you know, he'd probably he's now an England international and you know worth a heck of a lot more than that. And I think, in my opinion, and I say this in my opinion, I think Levi is. Cole Will is a better player than Mark Huey. And I think Cole Will is a future England centre-half. Um, the only thing that's probably difficult with this situation, again, there will be so many bigger teams looking at Cole Will. And that's whether Chelsea are going to sell because obviously they've they've let, um, they've left, uh, they've let Christensen and Rudiger go and potentially Asper Aquera, who can place uh, in a back three. So... Uh, whether this is whether he would even leave Chelsea this summer is uh, mm. is, is 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 unlikely just with the, unless they get um, reinforcements, but he would certainly certainly be on the top of my list. And when we're talking about Brentford probably having that um, transfer budget, I'd say from going upwards to twenty million, I can't see us spending any more than that. Certainly from if you listen to rumours and obviously how much we spent last season, I can't see us spending more than that. I think Levi would kind of fit into that. Obviously, I think Chelsea would probably want to buy a back or something like that. But I, I just think he'd be a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant centre-half um, for us and would complement us and give us really, really good balance. Yeah, great stuff, mate. Yeah, yeah, I can see why you're so hot on him. Good size and um, good ability. And it's that left-footed balance as well that he offers, which is um, quite appealing and a rarity in itself. But but Chelsea have their own problems, don't they? And um, they, they yeah. do have a lot of exits and... It might just be someone in that room is going to say, "Hang on, should we really be letting another centre back go who we've um, invested in in like the youth stages and, and he's already gone out on loan and he's got a year's championship experience and it might just be wise to to keep him on board." But yeah, I like your um, I like your sort of succession planning and thinking about who's going next because. Um, just referencing Jay's article back in the Athletic, but there's a few players now that we're looking at, and you, you're kind of thinking like Charlie Goo is one of them. Um, where are we where are we going with Goo? It's, it's time to really to cut loose with him. I mean, he's 26 years old. Uh, he's got a couple of years left on his contract, but if we could get him off the wage bill and get him gone and just move him on, because he's not going to make much of an impact in the centre back positions, I think we'd rather go down the route of Madsbeck Sorensen, who's still got good few years on Charlie Goode and also um, I think if we look at him we think of him more as a reliable player we, we see we've seen more football come out of him we know he's a consistent performer I mean he's probably been shown up a little bit in the Premier League because of the quality but I think um, better defenders than him have been made to look silly a few times at this level so you think there's more groom to grow in um, Mads Beck Sorensen um, we're going to round it up there then. I think um, we've talked through a few. We've talked through some of the media ones. We brought a couple forward as well. Um, 
and hopefully um, I secure some. To me, I think just chatting through and looking at these, um, Aaron Hickey looks like the one that's the one we should go for. You never want to get too hooked onto a player, but yeah, he, he looks like he's my favourite from this lot. Uh, what have you got one that um, that you'd really get behind Jonathan before we sort of round up? Well, um, yeah, I mean, I thought whilst we were chatting, I wanted to have a look and see what the actual situation was with uh, Melier, and they actually think that West Ham are front runners for him. Um, mm. For about fifteen million pound, uh, which I think would be an amazing deal for them. I think it'd be, I think it would suit their. Would, he would slot into them really, really well. Um, if we, uh, but yeah, I go Hickey hundred percent. If if Melia wasn't an option, um, then Hickey I think would tick so many, so many boxes. Um, but yeah, it'd be fascinating. As as we, as we say, we said last last time, it's so hard to predict what Brentford going to do um, because I think even. Um, there was an interview come out recently with Bernardo Quaver, the coach, saying now, you know, they've got now scouts in South America, uh, looking at players in Mexico and stuff like that. So you just don't know who they're looking at. It might come out of a little bit of the blue, which is which makes it all the more exciting. And uh, I just hope, from our perspective and from my own opinion, I just hope we use this summer as a tool to kind of not stagnate. And I think I use that you know, really potently, we can't stagnate. We can't just think we've, okay, we've done it this season. I, I hope we take this opportunity to kind of now progress and bring on, bring in those players that are going to just really help that spine of the team to grow and, you know, really compete because uh, this it's a really, really tough league. Um, and I think we need quite a few additions to really kind of give us that little bolster to, to, to catapult us up this year. Yeah, great place to finish on. Um, yeah, brilliant, Jordan. Uh, sorry, Jonathan. Yeah, good stuff, mate. Um, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, it's great to have you on board and um, glad you got back from Mallorca and um, escaped the Love Island Villa in one piece. Um, yeah, we've chatted through a few there. Hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, remember, guys, um, to support the Patreon and help keep the podcast wheels turning. And if you do sign up to the Patreon as well, you get to listen to the podcast ad-free, which is also good. Um, but yeah, that leaves, leaves me to say thanks again for listening. Like, review, share wherever you can. And we'll catch you next time. Awesome. See ya. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 